Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Rail back with another motherfucking review, man. Yo, this is Sons of Anarchy, season one, episode one review. It's Teller Tuesday. It is Teller Tuesday. Yo, I know a lot of y'all been waiting on this moment. And low-key, I was very excited when I watched that first episode back. But we'll get into the whole shenanigans first. Let me salute to one of my subscribers, specifically B. Lewis. A lot of y'all see him in the comment section talking shit during the Mayans review. And it's all fun. I know, I know his type of humor uh, and his love to him. He's just a true son. So while he's watching the Mayans, he is just, he's loving the show. I know he is. Y'all may not get it. But I feel the vibe that he loves the show. And he's like, it's just like the son's enemy, right? Especially after this first episode. So he's constantly like, oh, keep that same energy. So this one, this Teller Tuesday, the very first one, I am dedicating to B. Lewis. He's been waiting his whole life for me to talk sons. <laughs> and here it is. So I hope I do not disappoint. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, for everybody else, Teller Tuesday, yes. And has Rail kept his word? He sure has. Mayan Monday was yesterday, Teller Tuesday today, and you already know what tomorrow is. Wire Wednesday. So here we go. First off, I want to rank. I want to come right out the gate and rank this um this episode before I start breaking it down. As it comes to opening episodes to a season premiere of anything new, right? I have to go with a hard fucking 10. It was perfect. It was like, it, and it's almost scary how good the opening was because anything that good coming on, you wonder, can it sustain what it, what it started? You know what I'm saying? Because anybody can start off some shit magically and then uh, end with some bullshit. We see it time and time again. And, and that's the fear. Like, it's like, fuck, I'm about to fall in love with this thing off the first episode. Like, oh, let me temper my expectations. You know, and in the middle part, where the grind is, where the work is, that's where the true art is. You know what I'm saying? Starting, ending, and then the work in the middle. That's what you know what a great shit is. But as far as opening goes, I give it a fucking 10. Out the gate. It was a hell of an episode. You, my favorite part of it is that it opens not with the sun. It opens with their ops, with the Mayans, right? And Padrino is right there, looking the same age. Salute to Alvarez, man. Salute to El Padrino. That show is, I, 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 I didn't even see what year that first episode was, but it's a long-ass time ago. It's been many, many moons. And Padrino, he ain't did nothing but gain a few LBs. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? That's just to expect it. But the man's face and skin, you got to salute that. The man's looking damn near ageless. So salute to you, El Padrino. I, I, hey, you're taking damn good care of yourself. So as always, you know, as a man gets old like me, I just, I appreciate old older men not fading. They give me hope. They give me goddamn hope. Uh, but yeah, so it starts off with a with the with the Mayans. So your first time viewing, you like, okay, who the fuck are these guys? And okay, you don't really know nothing, but you know they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. They talking shit like, yeah, these guns supposed to go here, go there, okay. And then they, you see the 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 ladies hiding. Next thing you know, it's um, they still in the guns, and they take off. 
into an into a young baby face Jax Teller on his bike. It was refreshing to watch him come down. It was like, oh man, there go my boy Jax. And out the gate, you know, uh, they show what he is. He's a he's a charmer from charming. You know what I'm saying? Just a lover boy. Old girl's fixing herself up in the grocery store. She's like, oh my God, Jax is here. Ooh, let me. She had the first. <laughs> God bless her. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't think I've ever had a woman react to me like that. But, you know, I, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to ignore it like Jax did. He was just such a humble dude. He was just like, yeah, you know, I know ladies love me. You know what I'm saying? Ladies love me. Men want to be me. You know, that was Jax's energy. And I that shit, it was so funny. But she in there double shirted. Like, she's, she, and, and poor baby girl ain't got the cleavage to pull off what she was trying to do. She was trying to adjust. You know what I'm saying? Trying to show a little something for Jax so he might give us some, some energy. I thought that was great. Um... And we see that she's sliding a baby book in there. So it's like, okay. You know, uh, she's talking about how that's her favorite book. So you're like, okay, it's some type of baby. There's some type of kid involved, right? And you're like, all right. And um, as they as they take us through, <clears throat> what I really appreciate about it as a whole was um, the introduction to the different characters. Right now, they only gave us a core group that we're going to be seeing uh, later on, have their own individual things happening, but they just meshed it with the club like it was just so fast paced. You go from opening scene, Mayan stealing some shit, Jack's finding that the place is uh, on fire, running to tell Clay. So then we get introduced to the president. Now we see Clay, who that motherfucker looks like. What's my man's name? I cannot think. Of, I'm. I can't think of Hellboy's name. I'm drawing blanks, but Clay shows up looking like the fourth person in the in the evolution chart of humans. I, Ron Perlman, that man. I look. I, I love his movies. I love. I love Hellboy. Is some. I think it's so so super underrated. It was an amazing movie to me. Um, and, and he was in a few other things I really liked him in. But the size of that man's head. He looks like an authentic Neanderthal. Like, I just, he looks like one of the original, like, he just didn't fully evolve into a person. Like, it's just, I don't know. And the way he's hunched over, it's just, oh, God, he looks like a caveman. But, you know, but he's the boss. He comes out there, so then we we instantly get to know who Clay is. He's the guy who's got the town on lock because the first person to pull up is a sheriff. Letting him know, like, yeah, uh, officially... You know, it's just a fire. Unofficially, motherfuckers came and torched your shit. Your guns are missing. So, uh, we're on board. Firemen might need some greasing. Blase, blase. So, it's like, oh, shit. You like, Clay is that dude. And then you got Jax looking like his right-hand man with the with the billfold. He's paying off this dude. He's like, oh, yeah. All right. And then they discussing things together. It's like, all right, where do we go with this? And Clay is hot because right now he owes another group those guns. So already we in the mix. We're like, oh shit, it's action. But you get the you get the understanding, like, okay, Clay is that guy. You know, you know nothing about nobody else. You just got Clay and Jax, and Jax seems to be his right hand, helping make decisions, pass out money, grease some wheels. So we 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 in. It's like, okay, great. And um what I like is when they come to the table, right? Because if you don't know anything about a motorcycle club, like I didn't know, and I don't even know if it's that true in real life, 
But when you first seeing this group meet up at the table, you like these motherfuckers ain't this ain't Road Rash 3D. This ain't um, you know what I'm saying the people just hanging out, getting drunk at a bar, and then they they cook some meth on some Breaking Bad type shit. Like they cook meth, they do meth, they they fight and do all this crazy shit. Like that's what, usually what was associated with motorcycle clubs. But this one was like a business, like from the clubhouse. They had to. It's like a history there. I think the one of the subtle scenes that was so cool was that wall of um pictures of uh mug shots of all the crew. So it's like holy shit. Like these people are authentic outlaws. They they enjoy it so much that you know what I'm saying you ain't really official until you've been arrested and on this mantle and then you walk past it on your way and then they have like a dorm room type setting and when they sit at the table it's business. You know, you you look over at Bobby, he puts his glasses on. You know, Clay is running down like, hey, treasurer, what we got here? Oh, well, this money went to this thing. These people I paid were good on this. The club paid for this. Uh, They have a legit business. It's not legit. They have a legit side and they have an illegal side. So you feel more like it's a mob. Like this ain't ain't a, a motorcycle club film. This feels like the mafia. He's checking in with everybody. Yo, how's it looking on your end? People have actual roles. So you really sinking in your seat like, yo, this is different. All right, you see them, they're getting their glasses on, they're making these hot these hot decisions, they're trying to figure out, they owe the Niners some guns at the Mayan stove, and they don't know what initiated the Mayans to even come through their shit. So he got people, he, uh, Jack's like, okay, me and so-so going to do some digging. So now they're, they're, they're not jumping out the window, they're not making brash decisions, they're about to go research the Mayans. They're about to go through police database, find out anything associated with the Mayans, and see if they could find these missing guns. And it's like, holy shit, this group is like tactical. Like, this is the a, a MC of feds. Like, I don't even think the mafia moved this move. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, you you really into it. And I was, and I'm honestly, I haven't seen this in so long. So my excitement is authentic because I don't remember none of this. I remember the major moments. I remember some storylines, but like, I don't remember shit. So it was like exciting to watch again. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Like, cause I authentically, I don't know. I forget what happens in episode two. Um, but yeah, so now it's the whole thing of, okay, they need to get back at the Mayans. This is why this first episode is so good. We got problems already. We got, um, we got the Mayans stealing from us. We got, uh, we got the, we got the police of the city of the town working for us. So we got to make sure everything's running smooth on that end. And we owe these same guns to yet another club, so we got to figure that out. So already, we have conflict. We have motive to go move forward. <clears throat> in the meantime, in the downtime, they get us. To, they let us get to know who Jax is. And Jax has a baby on the way. You see the excitement. He's going through his his old stuff, uh, picking through things. Um, and he runs up against something with his father. And and it's like a it's like a book that his father was working on, and it's like the fall of the Mayans. I mean, uh, the fall of the suns, or where the where the suns fucked up, or I forgot the title, but some not good about the suns. Like I didn't want this, and the suns fucked up. And he's never seen this as he's looking for some things for his soon to be child. We assuming, um, and then that's really you see how it's really 
he's like, holy shit. He's looking at old pictures. He's going through things. And he's really studying this thing. Like, it's got him enthralled. This is something written by his father. So you know it has something to do with the story. You just don't quite know what yet. But um, Jim and them, Jim and Clay make sure to wrap us all up in that. Um, we don't. We get an idea of kind of who Tig is. He seems to be a little hothead. Happy seems with that voice seems to be like an enforcer type, like aggressive. Um, then we hear about. Then when they come up with, a, then when it comes time to go meet the Niners, it's like okay, let's go get Jax. Everybody's looking for Jax. Jax is a go-to dude. What I didn't like about the Niners meeting, right? I love how Clay played it. He said, when 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 the leader of the Niners said, hey, this ain't personal, old man. This is business. And when Clay responded, well, giving me some time to figure out your gun situation would be the best business for you, which is such a dope-ass threat. And I love when an older man and like you know when it went you know so easy to attack a person for age you go man get your old ass out of here like you're a dinosaur i mean and granted he does look like the first man so i can't really fault buddy too much for that but i love the response back like yo this is wisdom and let me show you how to put a threat into your body that you gonna feel <laughs> and it was so subtle it was such a perfect response that buddy said all right fuck it you got till sunday we don't even know what day i don't even know what the day is but we know he got till Sunday. It could be two days. It could be three days. We have no fucking clue. My man said a date. But Clay won the argument. And now they're... So now objective number one is finding these fucking guns. Right? Uh, what I didn't like about it, though, only thing I didn't like about the Niners meeting was the lead Niner. They're supposed to be in Oakland. And dude sound like he's from Texas. Man, I don't know y'all. Y'all owe me the guns, old man. And I was just like, does he does he have his accents fucked up? I'm like, I'm supposed, I'm expecting a hell out of cud. Hold on, bro. Like you know, like a a a fucking Oakland accent. So yeah, it just threw me. I was just like, who the fuck is this dude? Like, I don't get it. But anyway, that was the only thing. I just don't like that actor either. Like. He was in that, um, he was in 50's first movie. Uh, I think it was called Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah, some shit like that. I forgot the name of 50's first movie. But, yeah, he was the snake in that. And he was a terrible, he was terrible acting then. And he's fucking still terrible acting now. I, so much so, I don't even know his fucking name. I just know that caramelized fucking head he's got. So, I, no. But, um, now, as they come up with a plan, the plan is... Then, then they introduce our next character, which is Opie. So everybody's like, okay, we need to blow some shit up. So Opie's the demolitionist. It's like, okay, this Opie guy. And then when Jack said he's leaning right, I, it took me a second to catch what he was saying, but it meant he was going straight. So then we see Jacks go visit Opie at his place of business. He's, he's just a nine-to-five man. And we find that he went straight because he was locked up for five years. And reasonably, he left his kids and his wife behind for five years, so they took the brunt of it. And he mu- and anybody's wife who lost their husband for that long wants him to quit whatever the fuck put him in there. So now we got Opie's storyline. We got the conundrum between him and uh, Donna. You know, because Opie seems like a good dude. 
He wants to please his wife. He wants to make sure he's there for his kids. So already, and he's a giant. Anybody that loves on his family like that and is willing to be like responsible and is that large of a man, you just fall in love with. You're just like, this is like just a big bear. Like you just love, but apparently he's nice with the demo shit. Right? Um, and then so, you know, Jackson Opie has that conversation and Jax needs him. Clay is adamant about motherfucking Opie being there. For one, I missed that part. You know, Jax was trying to, you see, he's trying to cover for his man. Like, maybe we shouldn't go that route. And Clay's like, fuck that. He's going to lean whichever side we want. So Clay is not the one to be fucked with. So Clay runs the town. And he's not a, he's not like a lovable dude at the table. Like, he's really the boss man. And that's his, that seems to be the character they portray to us. A take charge, don't take no bullshit, and there will be consequences. Like, this ain't some, this ain't a summer camp. You know what I'm saying? This ain't some, uh, uh, a social club. This is a real-ass business, and I'm the real-ass boss. So, fuck what Opie talking about. He's in this shit until he ain't. So, and I guess Jax is the interpreter. You get the feeling that Jax is the clay interpreter. Clay is like, rawr, rawr, rawr. and then Jax is supposed to be like, hey, he takes all the barking. He understands the assignment, but he can relay it to people to where they actually would listen. And it's not so much fear, but he like Jax isn't a person that's going to move you with fear. More so like compassion that makes you want to do it. Like we all had that boss. We all have had that type of boss. We had the boss that just start barking, barking orders. Go do this. Go do that. Go do this. They're well within their right. That's my job. We might not like them though because, yo, my man, your delivery, it's too much. It's too spicy. I don't like it. And then we got that nice manager that can do the ask tale. Like, hey, could you go grab this on your way back when you go do that? Thank you. And you like, oh, yeah, I'll do, yeah. I'll do it. I mean, it's an ask, but. Motherfucker, you can't say no, but you really enjoy that. You're like, oh, fuck with this person. They respect me as a person. You know, and that's what Jax is. He seems to be the interpreter of Clay, Neanderthal ass with the, ah, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we get a little idea about Opie, and, and we get more of an idea with Opie when Jax comes back, when the plan is set in motion. Now they know what they want to do with the Niners. So it's go time. But before that, we get introduced to some other characters. So now Jax has a baby on the way and they show his ex-wife. Now, I was questioning. I was like, damn, Jax is young. Why does he have an ex-wife already? Like, what happened there? Like, why did he get married in the first place? Like, didn't he want to play the field a little bit? So it seems like Jax is a person who falls in love. Like, that's what I get. That's the only thing I could get. A young man getting married at a young age means he's all heart. It means, like, I love this woman. He's a lover. Do you know what I'm saying? Some dudes, you know, you want to play the field. You want to figure it out, date a little bit, get this going. Fucking marriage in his, what I would assume to be in his early to mid-20s, seems like he's all heart. That's what I take from an early marriage and then an early divorce. What caused that? And we see. We see his ex-wife, Wendy, pregnant in a chair uh, with a heroin, with, with heroin. And we see her about to take it, but she decides, nah, 
you, and then you take a sigh of relief, like, okay, thank God, this pregnant woman did not just shoot up heroin, like, phew, like, you know, you get to wiping your brow, only to find out that it, uh, another introduction to his mother, Gemma, Gemma seems to be just a loving mother, as far as Jax is, she understands the life, she doesn't, she doesn't seem to be like, you need to stay out these streets, it's not that type of mama, she's just, uh, I love my son. And she's willing to do whatever, pull up wherever. And that's the first part of Gemma that we see. That's You just see a loving mother. You're like, okay. And we introduce to Tara. Tara, we we just think that she's a doctor until she has that one-on-one with Jax. Where it seems it's like, oh, I asked to take this on. Or I wanted to do this for y'all and for your baby. And, you know... It shows that it's something a little there with Tara. Like, yo, what's up with this Tara chick? Like, this is a doctor? Like, okay. Like, I wonder what this relationship is. So it's a lot of wondering and, and questioning. And then uh, Gemma goes to check in on Wendy. And we and then you just see blood all over the place. And you're like, holy shit, she did it. Baby's dead. What the fuck? So now we got another problem. This This first episode was packed with problems you got uh uh my instilling your shit you owe the niner shit you got uh Jax is really going through it jack's got an ex-wife who's pregnant who's a junkie who's putting his baby's life in danger and he's excited he's wrapping things up and he's trying to get some get back for the mind so Jax's plate is full and he was reading some shit with his father but we don't know that that affected him until later on so it's a lot on on Jax's plate right now. And he sees what happens. He finds out when they when they see the drugs, he immediately goes, "Okay, this belongs to who? I'm out." And the way he takes off cuz right now he's just a sweet kid. Jax is as far as we know is just a a good-looking dude, cool to the ladies, um and a good talker to his people like just a, a mellow dude. And in one instant, when he gets a name of who sold his ex-wife these drugs, boom, he turns into a fucking savage. He's headed out the door. He ain't asking for permission. He ain't asking nobody to come. He's gone. Fucking Clay looks and goes, watches back. He understands that emotion, knows it's probably whatever he's about to do ain't about to be good, but needs to get done for him. So Clay got... Clay is, uh, you you uh, you see that he does have leeway with shit with Jax. It's like, okay, I, I trust Jax, but I, he needs a handler. So Jax takes off and no words, sees his target and lays the smack down. So Bobby goes with him and Chibs go with him. And he uh, stabbed a man in his balls with a pool stick? I said, Jesus Christ, I'm... Like, there's an ass whooping, and then there's a, a authentic fucking up. Like, that was a fucking up. That wasn't an ass whooping. Like, ass whoopings, you just walk away from, or you wake up from, and you you pretty much good for the most part. But a fucking up changes your mobility in life. <laughs> Stabbing a man in his balls with a pool stick and beating him to near death. Chibs had to take him up. Jax would have murdered him in that in that moment so we see that oh jack ain't just some pretty boy who is good with words he don't fuck around he don't fuck around 
got that off. Bobby held it down. You know, he had the gun on him. Beat a man to near death and dip. And we find out that that guy's an Aryan. So now what is this going to cause with the Aryans? So now we got another, another conflict. And you got the Aryan sit down. And Jax looks like a rabid dog. While Clay, Clay knows he's in the power position. Knows he can press the Aryans. Aryans run the prison though. So I'm thinking like, damn, is this, is this the kind of thing you want to start? Yeah, you'll win the fight on the outside. But... Prison is just as important, if not more important, to hold down. You need that safety in prison. Because, yeah, you could, you only, when you're outlawing, you're only going to be free to the world for so long. Like, you, you're either going to die or go to jail at some point. If you, it's just, if you do anything long enough where it, that's illegal, that if you do anything long enough, that's typically where you're going to go. Unless you're the cream of the crop, unless you're like a hove or something. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. So that's why Clay shows him respect. He knows he has the Aryans on the outside outnumbered. But Clay respects the fact that prison is ran by them and his members will be going to prison. And he brings that up. He's like, hey, we made sure Opie was good for five years. So don't fucking forget that. And Clay has to respect that. Jax is all emotion right now. This motherfucker has not blinked. While dude has been talking and he has been threatening from the table, tried to reach out, you know, tried to reach and grab something. But um, they seemed, uh, but just like the mafia in the beginning, didn't want to deal with drugs, you know, sell it to the niggers. Like you give it, you let them kill themselves. We don't deal that in our neighborhoods. Like, so just like that, uh, cook your shit up over there, but you do not deal in charming. Like, sell your drugs all in the surrounding chapters of charming but in here we don't do no drug moving so and that's what it was walked off so then now do i feel like that got resolved right there at the table hell no the Aryan dude might be in a bad position but he still has some position of power and he's not just gonna take that likely and that dude looks like the perfect Aryan, by the way like he had the right amount of smiling evil that you would imagine so dude killed that part i'm not gonna lie i was like this motherfucker looks like this might really be him like the way they chose characters for this first episode was pretty fucking dope like they they put the right people in except for the niners guy that's the you know but i'm not gonna let that take the 10 away um and then we finally get to see the sons in action like there's been a lot of plotting a lot of proper planning let's get the demolitionists let's get the research they find out where the mines clubhouse is it's time to execute Let's go get Opie. So then we see that uh, when Jack sees the interaction between Opie and his wife, Jack's, whether it's him thinking about his ex-wife, his love for Opie, or his kid that's awaiting his surgery, born premature, hole in the heart, half a stomach, all this shit, maybe, <coughs> maybe he's just thinking like, you know what, fuck this. Family over everything. Opie, go handle that, man. I got you on this side. I've watched you do it. And nobody, which I knew that wasn't good. You about to do demo work? And you say, yeah, I seen you do it? Nigga, this ain't putting together like an Ikea table or something. Like, this ain't, you just don't watch somebody deal with high high explosives and all these wires and go, yeah, I've seen it a couple times. I think I could just plug that wire into there, that, 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 that. Oh, and then you flip a switch. 
fuck that. I don't care how many times you watch me. If I haven't done it with you, if I haven't taught you, watching somebody do demo is not going to get it done, Jax. I appreciate the confidence, though. So that also shows you a bit of a piece about Jax. He's got a soft spot for his people, and he's willing to take on shit that he has absolutely no fucking clue about. So they get up in there, and lo and behold, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's about to call Opie on the flip phone. Because you forget the ain't a, this this so old there is no FaceTime, like FaceTime would have been very helpful for Opie. Like so, Opie could look up and be like, "Nigga, what did you just do? Why would you put that wire next to that one? Are you trying to kick?" But he's pulling out his flip phone. He's nervous. He's sweating, trying to figure out the shit. And here comes some Mayans. And Clay is like, "Fuck it, you fucked up. This is on you." You know, and really made Jax feel it. Like you, it was it wasn't that. Clay was mad that he had to get it, that they had to do what they had to do. He's Clay actually seemed to be happy about getting to drop some bodies that day. But Clay's real issue with him was, I told you to go get Opie. You covering for him. This is the fuck I'm talking about. I know what's best. Do what the fuck I say. Get the people I need done. When you start freestyling, things fuck up and look where we at. So now hold on. That's, that's what they having when they about to shoot. The Mayans. Jax is a genius. He goes and grabs the robe. He's on a drum to the garbage cans. He's a thinker. Like, Jax seems like the ultimate character. Funny. Nice to talk to. Nice to look at. Vicious with the hands. And when it comes down to shooting shit, you saw when he get he hit. Make sure he had his vest. He had his guns. He did the whole the, the mission uh, montage. Like, you know, like they do in superhero movies. Like, I'm. Uh, putting my shit on so then he even has the the tactical abilities to look like a hobo to pull him out to a better place to where they could get their ass shot and clay is more than ready to send a message um and we see the mayans we see the we see the i mean we see the sons go to work we see him uh on killing the mayans you got one i'm about to drive off you see tig say i got him jumps in the back of the pickup lays that man down which uh, just perfect. So you're like, oh, these motherfuckers don't fuck around. You don't know much about Tig. It was a a tie boys paying for tie boys to suck them off joke. And you like, oh, maybe that's just guys. You don't really know that's uh, Tig's nature yet. You don't really get Tig in this one, but you get that he's a man of action. Um, and you get Chibs as a sensible one because he comes out like y'all fucked it up after they've been killed all these Mayans. They're like, what the fuck did you do? Clay, but they got the guns back, and Clay shot up their sign, and I don't know why he told him to go tell tell you people that they don't fuck with, they don't rob from the sons when you're going to shoot them anyway. You can see that, uh, oh, and before that, uh, we get to know who Jimmy is. Before the whole shoot em up scene, Jimmy shows her true side, which is like, feels like a Macbeth type thing. Because Jax reaches out to her and, um, oh shit. More importantly, I want to touch on with, uh, everybody telling Jax to go see his kid, go see his kid. And you see him, you see him trying to distance himself, but that was only out of, um, heartache. He didn't want to get his hopes up. You know, he said like he, he'd rather just assume his son is dead than go there hoping and loving and 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 doing all this just to lose his son and that's when he has that blow up like 
you I'm gonna be a dad for what a day, a week, like you know. So he doesn't want to fall in love with something that's gonna fucking crush him. He'd rather assume it's dead already, which is a huge character trait you to be looked out for in Jax. That's a huge trait in somebody. I'd rather not be attached. If it's a chance I won't have it, I'd rather not be attached. I'd rather it not exist. Even if it's my blood, I'd rather it not exist in my brain. I'd rather not see it. I'd rather not, you know, con- contextualize like nothing until I, like, I'm not going all in. And I don't know if Wendy has something to do with that, but Jax has a cold streak. I mean, it's logical. You can't get hurt if you've already cut that thing off. But when you're so willing to cut something like that off, you're willing to do a lot. So that shows that Jax has a – if he had a limit, that whole thing would not want to see his son might not have no cap on what, what Jax is true, what he can get done. But in that, though, uh, we still see Gemma being a loving mother. We don't know much about Tara, but we know Tara and her got beef. So now we want to know more about that. Like this is now this is the Gemma storyline. Gemma is into it with Wendy. Fucking hates Wendy. Copy. Don't like Tara. Don't hate her as much as hate Wendy. But brings up something about Tara's past that we don't know nothing about. Raises up her little tramp stamp. And Tara's like, that's behind me now. So now we're like, oh, what was Tara into? What was this doctor into? So we don't know. But we know Gemma knows everything was going on with the women. And she's and when it comes to the ladies. She's like, fuck them. Fuck Wendy. Fuck Tara. And we're like, okay, Gemma's cold. Like, she's not just some mom. And she's definitely not a mom. When she gets back home from talking to Jax and goes with Clay, we find out that they together. And that Gemma is like, hey, the ghost of Jack, the ghost of John Teller is like talking to him. Like, I need you to lock him down. You're his dad. John was soft. Like, she's talking shit about his dad. He was soft as hell. He wasn't ready. <clears throat> so, Gemma's like, who's really running shit? She's telling Clay, like, lock him down. When you can't ride no more and they vote, they're going to vote Jax. <clears throat> Gemma's already in the future with it. She's like, I need him to be this kind of man. He needs to run the club like this. She want her lifestyle to be the same or better. So, Gemma is already showing that she's a fucking monster. She... She loves her son, sure, but planning and plotting against him and playing like she loved John and in front of him and being this motherly thing when really she's like a serpent. And she's it's like Macbeth, man. It's like, here come the queen, like sp- spilling this oil into Clay and into the king and shit. And that's why Clay really wanted him to murder dude. Like when he say lock him down, he wants... So now Clay, that's, so fast forward back to where we was, Clay wants him to murder somebody in front of him. He's like, look, kill these people. I want you to execute them. And I guess that's his form of, like, tying Jacks in deeper. Like, the more blood you drop, the more blood you, you know what I'm saying, lose for this club, the more into it you're going to be. And I guess that was his goal. But, um, holy shit. Bobby is a is the is the is a treasurer and he's also an elvis impersonator i thought that was hilarious just at the end it's like randomly oh yeah everybody has their own life half sack we see he's a prospect but he don't fuck around he throw his hands he's dumb so half sack angels half sack because he has half a ball he has also has half a brain who the fuck cuts off a deer head 
and stores it like it's not going to decompose or stink the shit up. And I thought it was, I thought it was terrific writing because all throughout, every time Clay came to the pool table, he's like, what the fuck is that smell? And then it's like, okay, well, let's go do something else. But what the fuck is that smell? Okay, well, let's go do something else. And it's like, yo, what the fuck is that smell? So it's just this recurring theme throughout the episode. And then you find out it's half sack with fucking half a, do- half a deer in the goddamn thing. So it's got, so it's got levity. It's got comedy. Bob, I mean, half sack beating the shit out of uh, of Korean Elvis, and Korean Elvis not leaving the Elvis persona as he's getting his ass kicked. Oh Lord, oh please Jesus, oh like he still got the he is what Elvis would sound like getting his ass kicked. I thought that was hilarious. So it's not so dark. It's a lot of dark shit, but they give you some some funny. But yeah, as far as the first episodes go. Holy shit. We get a night we get an idea about Clay, Bobby, Half Sack, Opie, Gemma, Jax. They throw about eight people at you that I mean that they focused on. About eight or nine. And all of them got something going on. All of them. And your mind is just like, but it doesn't feel like too much. It's like you keeping up with the story with no problem. Oh, this person, so now, and these are defining moments that's going to define these people for the rest of the season because who you show us you are is what we expect and going forward. So now, when it comes to season two, look what we're waiting for. What the, what the Mayans going to do? They just murdered somebody. It's like you you could retaliate with blowing up shit. They blew up my shit, I blew up your shit. Fair is fair. But it seems like when you cross the murder line, it's like, okay, now this is next level. The fuck is about to happen now? Um, then you also, they got to make right with the Niners. So we're waiting on that. Uh, the baby survived. So we got to see if Jax is going to go, you know, be fatherly. And then he, then they show a little scene between him and Tara, like looking fondly on each other, you know? So you're like, Hmm, there's something there with them too. I need to know more. Wendy in there feeling like shit. Clearly she's not going to go away. She seems like a fucking recurring problem. And... And then this whole John Teller thing, we still need to know more about why is Gemma so hung up on John, her, her ex, Jax's dad? Like, what the fuck is to it? So, excellent, excellent, excellent first season. I mean, first episode. Uh, opening episode was just phenomenal. Like, you could tell love was put into that first episode. But, um, yeah, man. Hope y'all enjoyed Teller Tuesday. All right, we'll be back next Tuesday, episode two. If y'all, y'all, if, for for those of y'all who haven't seen it, don't binge watch it. For those of you who have seen it a billion times, just chill. Wait till next week for episode two. Like, stop binging. We're doing this together. All right. <laughs> now y'all already know how it goes, man. Protect your health, yourself, your wealth, man. Your boy Rel is out of here. Peace. Oh, and join the Discord. All Things Sons is going to be a, a thing in the Discord, too. So, you want to discuss? You want to argue? Only about the first episode. Y'all have a tendency of going further. It's only first episode. All right, but get in that Discord. The link will be in the uh, description. And with that, your boy Rel is out of here. Peace.